I think it's important to focus on what you can control and not uh, ruminate about what you cannot control and to take good care of yourself. Welcome to the RP HealthCast. Science, innovation, life. One story at a time. And I'm your host, Jeffrey Friedman. It's wonderful that mental health and mental wellness are topics that are now openly discussed. I mean, just a couple of years ago, these topics were taboo. They were off the table. And this change actually began a little before the pandemic. There were several actors and artists that were publicly talking about their struggles with addiction and anxiety, depression, and even suicidality. Now, this full year of the pandemic and the rolling lockdowns, I mean, they were hard on all of us. And it really brought the subject of mental wellness to center stage. I mean, for some of us, this pandemic led to isolation. Others, it was joblessness. Uh, for many, we had issues surrounding childcare, surrounding adult care, and even homeschooling. I mean, there were just so many challenges this year that severely affected the mental well-being of many people around the country and, and around the world. So here we are today, you know, one year after it all began. So in today's podcast, we're going to discuss and explore where we are today with mental well-being and how society in general is coping and what are the long-term ramifications from this pandemic on our mental well-being. My guest today is Dr. Ronald Pies. Dr. Pies is the Editor-in-Chief Emeritus of Psychiatric Times. He's also a clinical professor of psychiatry at Tufts School of Medicine in Boston. And he's the Professor Emeritus of Psychiatry at SUNY Upstate Medical School, as well as being a renowned psychiatric author. Dr. Pies, thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me, Jeff. Today, we're going to be talking about mental health and wellness. And now, this past year, it's been difficult on all of us, but it's been difficult in different ways for different people. And we all process these issues very, very differently. Now, we're one year into the pandemic. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit? How has the pandemic affected our mental health? And what are some of the statistics, both here in the U.S. and abroad? Well, first, uh, <clears throat> thanks for uh, inviting me to speak on this topic, Jeff. It's an important one. And uh, to answer your question, there's good evidence that the pandemic has had adverse effects on mental health in many parts of the world. Um, in addition, uh, the pandemic has disrupted or even halted uh, critical mental health services in uh, something like 93% of countries worldwide. Uh, unfortunately, at the same time, the demand for mental health services is increasing. So as far as the impact of the pandemic on mental health, uh, let's start with the United States. Early on in the pandemic, the Center for Disease Control published a survey showing that in uh, June of 2020, adults in the United States reported and I'm quoting now, considerably elevated adverse mental health conditions associated with COVID-19. 
unquote. And uh, using um, various screening instruments, the CDC survey found that um, almost 41% of respondents uh, reported an adverse mental or behavioral health condition, uh, including symptoms of anxiety disorder, depressive disorder, trauma-related symptoms, sometimes new or increased substance use, and uh, thoughts of suicide. So that's the U.S. Uh, As far as other countries, uh, in the United Kingdom, a number of studies have found elevated rates of uh, mood disturbance, Uh, Since the pandemic began, uh, in one survey, uh, 25% of the participants said that their anxiety and depression uh, during lockdown had gotten significantly worse. In uh, Asia, there's some evidence that maybe there are lower levels of distress in Asian countries, but uh, in China, something like 35% of uh, people were experiencing mental distress. All statistics considered, I mean, the pandemic brought about significant stressors. But let's talk about you know the different age groups, right? So different, different age groups had different issues and different problems. Let's say from younger people, from children to parents to the elderly. Right. Well, uh, there are actually some interesting age and gender findings, uh, Jeff. Uh, for example, it's a little counterintuitive, but um, most of the evidence suggests that the pandemic uh, has affected older uh, people's mental health less severely uh, compared with that of younger adults. But most of the data uh, suggests that um, it's the younger people who have suffered the most in this pandemic. Uh, Some people have speculated that as we age, we develop more resilience. And just to touch on the age and gender issues. Um, The Kaiser Family Foundation came out with a report in uh, March of this year, uh, finding that uh, those hardest hit by the uh, pandemic in terms of their mental health have been younger people and women, uh, including mothers with children under the age of 18 in their households are among the most likely to report uh, that stress and worry uh, related to the coronavirus has had a negative impact on their mental health. Uh, We also have data showing that among first year college students, um, the prevalence of uh, moderate to severe anxiety uh, increased from 18% before the pandemic to about 25% within four months after the pandemic uh, began. And among these first year college students, the prevalence of moderate to severe depression uh, increased from about uh, 21.5% to 31.7%. So we also have data from uh, parents of teens, parents of teenage children. Um, Researchers found that about uh, 46% of um, parents of teens said that their child uh, has been showing signs of a new or worsening mental health condition uh, since the start of the pandemic. Uh, with teenage girls uh, more affected than uh, teenage boys. Well, male, female, older, younger, I mean, it seems, you know, across the board, it's, it's pretty obvious that, uh, that these anxiety and stressors right. are there. So uh, what are some signs, you know, if we're a little introspective here, what are some signs that people should watch out for, you know, to see mm-hmm. if their mental health has become an issue? And when should they start Instead of just being introspective, when should they start seeking medical attention? 
Great question. Um, well, certainly anyone who's experiencing uh, symptoms of serious emotional or uh, behavioral disturbances should seek a professional evaluation, either uh, by means of telemedicine or in person, if, if possible, if it's safe to do that. Uh, some symptoms that I would worry about uh, would include feeling depressed nearly every day, the inability to carry out even simple activities of daily living, like self-hygiene, showering, and so on, managing everyday chores, um, people who are experiencing consistently poor sleep, loss of appetite, significant weight loss, uh, extreme or unrelenting anxiety or panic attacks, all of these would be reason to seek professional um, evaluation and help. Yeah, and those, those are certainly the extremes. And uh, it, it, before it gets that bad, right, if people are feeling anxious and stressed before they go out to see that medical attention, what can they do to self-correct without the medical intervention? There are a few things that are helpful. Uh, first of all, um, particularly for people who are kind of stuck at home, uh, uh, I would advise creating a schedule and a routine to structure their day. Uh, and don't just stay in your pajamas or leggings all day. Uh, I read an interesting quote uh, from a young um, uh, psychiatrist, actually third year resident at UCLA, Dr. Uh, Anna Yap, Y-A-P. Uh, and she pointed out that uh, as, as humans, we like to have something we're moving toward. Uh, and when we don't even know when the end point of something is, which is true of the pandemic, how can we move uh, toward that goal? One way to counteract that feeling of just treading water or killing time is to uh, change from your pajamas into clothes <laughs> or uh, moving from the bedroom to the living room to, to help you feel like you're, you're actually experiencing change during the day. These sound like very trivial, minor things, but um, in my own experience, I think they can make a difference. Uh, so my own recommendations for dealing with uh, prolonged isolation and loneliness during the pandemic uh, include, um, first of all, exercise, uh, indoors or outdoors. Exercise is a, uh, an excellent antidepressant. Uh, no side effects, assuming that you're in reasonably good health. And finally, um, finding ways of establishing some kind of community, whether that's through uh, Zoom sessions or phone calls or email. And of course, uh, now as people are becoming fully vaccinated, it, it is becoming more uh, feasible and, and safe for uh, meeting with other vaccinated friends or family members. Um, so that is, uh, I think, a real positive that we're seeing now, uh, uh, assuming we can keep these vaccination rates going. Now, has there been any other benefits for our well-being um, coming out of the pandemic or are we worse across the board? I would not say that we are all worse off in all respects. Um, for example, there are people who clearly prefer working from home. Uh, it's nice if you can do that, but of course, there are many people who cannot uh, work from home. There are also some interesting data from uh, the UK and Portugal. Um, researchers there surveyed 385 uh, caregivers, uh, mostly mothers who had um, one or two children. And they found that uh, as many as 48% of the respondents uh, reported 
a, uh, a renewed appreciation for their family during the pandemic. And specifically, uh, the caregivers said that they were spending more time with their families uh, and that this led to, as one participant put it, quote, closer relationships and a better understanding of each other. Uh, so that's, um, I think, a plus for some people. Um, I'll add that I've also seen some anecdotal reports suggesting that for some socially phobic or autistic individuals, uh, the seclusion of the pandemic has actually provided kind of a safe haven in which um, they don't have to face the social pressures they had to deal with before the pandemic. Uh, that may also be true for some kids who uh, typically faced bullying or teasing in school prior to the pandemic. For some of them, the virtual schooling has actually provided a break from all that. So uh, I wouldn't say it's entirely negative for everybody. We're one year into this, the world, we're starting to open up now with vaccines a little bit. Right. For those people that have had this sense of anxiety or dread, and I, I don't want to say the, the, the serious case where they needed the medical attention, but but living through life and their life got you know, difficult. Um, now that we're opening up, can they expect for that to slowly go away on its own? Like, is there a light at the end of the tunnel for them? If we look back a year and compare it to how things are looking now, it's kind of a, a mixed picture. You know, on the one hand with uh, the end of the pandemic in sight as uh, millions of Americans and people elsewhere are getting vaccinated, um, it looks like the mental health impact has leveled off. For example, um, the March 2021 Kaiser Family Foundation report found that about half of adults, about 47%, continue to report uh, negative mental health impacts uh, related to worry or stress about the pandemic. But um, that's actually a little lower than the 53% who reported these negative effects in July of 2020. It's not a big decrease uh, from 53 to 47, but it looks like some of the adverse effects are leveling off maybe as people become more hopeful about vaccinations and so on. On the other hand, um, there's evidence that a lot of people are experiencing what's being called pandemic fatigue. Uh, which is considered kind of a burnout syndrome. But at this point, uh, there are people who are just tired of being cooped up, uh, tired of restrictions, tired of bans on indoor gatherings, tired of wearing masks, tired of physical distancing, um, and, and are basically fed up with the uh, so-called uh, new normal. So it's, it's really a mixed picture. Generally, things seem um, better in, in terms of mental health, but there's also a lot of feeling like, um, when is this thing gonna be over? Dr. Pies, thank you so much for your time today. This has been highly informative. We very much appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me, Jeff. RP HealthCast. Science, innovation, life. One story at a time.